Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com I love it when people doubt me. It makes me work harder to prove them wrong. Derek Jeter. I wasn't sure. Cause my first day I got I got heat sickness and I didn't I, I, I was drinking enough water, but I guess I wasn't replacing like my electrolytes and all that. I didn't eat. It's another thing. When you're in the desert you gotta eat, you have to replace those electrolytes. I didn't do all those things and I got really sick. I was thinking, man, this is gonna be hard. But I never thought that I wasn't going to finish it. I always thought like, no matter what happens, I'm going to finish it. But I wasn't sure how I was gonna do it. I would say, man, it, it took a while. I would say even Colorado was rough. I would say when I finished Colorado was when I was like, okay, I, I got this. I'm Doc. And this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Welcome to the John Freaking Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and Renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail, dirt bags and hiker trash. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right. I'm excited to welcome back to the podcast, Derek Lugo, who is fresh off his hike of the Continental Divide Trail. How's it going, Derek? It's going, man. Feeling good. How are you? Good, good. Thank you. Have you have you fully recovered? I'm getting there. I would say the first two, three weeks, I felt so weird. <laughs> it was like I would get up early and I'm like, I should do 20, 25 miles. And I didn't have to. And I was like, what am I going to do with myself now? <laughs> there is definitely so I, there is definitely a readjustment period, isn't there? There is, because also I'm not surrounded with people that 
know about through hiking or, or know what I was, what I've been up to, you know, like normally I'm surrounded by through hikers and we're doing the same thing. And we're like, all right, let's do this. Um, people don't know or understand. And, um, this time around, it's a bit different than when I did the AT. Um, I've heard of having that like withdrawal from the trail. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm getting right back into things. And this time around, it really hit me hard. Um, I think because it was such a, a challenging through hike and uh, I had to um, adjust some of my ways of through hiking. And uh, this time around, it was, it really left an imprint on. Yeah. Now what, where are you calling in from? Are you back in New York? No, I can't go back to New York. It's, there's too many distractions. Um, I want to like the, when I finished the AT, I didn't go back to New York because I wanted to write about it. Um, so I ended up, going to, uh, to Pennsylvania for a while. So this time around, I'm in a state that I never thought I would ever be in. I'm in uh, Alabama. The uh, I'm in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So it's a college town, but I'm on like 10 acres of land and I'm in a cabin secluded. Um, and I know no one, you know, which is great. And uh, it's pretty boring. So I can just focus on my writing. Man, already I am intrigued. I am intrigued at, <laughs> at the outset here. How did you end up in Tuscaloosa? Um, oh man. So my my ex partner, she's from Alabama, uh, from Birmingham. She lives in Birmingham now, and uh, we have a friend, a mutual friend that lives in Tuscaloosa. And before I started my through hike, uh, we I was hanging out here just to because I wasn't sure if I was going to through hike or if I was going to you know I was on the road and I wasn't sure if I was going to be live the van life or whatever I just wanted to do something different and uh the person I that owns the 10 acres um she's a, a free spirit and uh she said hang out here um you know we can we can build stuff you know, she had a house that needed some work, some very good hands-on carpentry work. So as I was trying to figure it out, um, I stayed here and uh, helped her with her home and the land that she's on. And when I finished my through hike, she said, hey, I know you need a place to write. If you want this cabin, you can stay as long as you want, you know, continue doing what you did when you, before you left. And it's almost, it's like a work for stay. Like the trade-off is that I help her with her land and whatever project she's working on. And uh, I can write um, until, you know, I'm done. <laughs> so so I, yeah, I, it, 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 it's kind of like things just started falling into place. Kind of like when I nice. first wrote my book, you know? Right. So I am, book. I am pretty excited right now because just to give our, our listeners some context, if they didn't listen to your first episode, they have no idea who Derek Lugo is. Uh, yeah. He is a city boy from New York who had never done any hiking, but got into his mind that he wanted to hike the AT. And he showed up at uh, Springer Mountain and hiked the AT in its entirety. His first mm -hmm. ever overnight hike was on the AT. So that, that gives you some context. And then he got back from the AT and he wrote a book called The Unlikely Thru-Hiker and mm -hmm. uh, an incredible read. And so I'm excited right now because one of my questions for later on in the episode, but I'm going to go right now, is okay. is there a second book coming? Because if there is, I'm all in. I, I want to read this. I want to so hear about your trip. It's it's funny because when I started my uh, Continental Divide Trail through hike um, this past April, people were asking me that, and I wouldn't 
wouldn't confirm it because I wanted the through hike to be, it, I wanted everything to just fall into place. I didn't want people to be acting a different way if they thought or knew I was, I was writing. So I said, I don't know, I'm always writing, but who knows? <clears throat> and as soon as I finished, I was like, you guys guessed it, I am writing a, a second book. So yes, I am writing um, a second memoir. It's kind of the same format where it's, it's gonna be a humorous read. Um, it'll be a bit longer. One of the biggest complaints I got from uh, my last book was that it was too short. People were like, we wanted more. And I did, <clears throat> excuse me, I did have more but my publisher had me shorten it up a bit this time around. I'm going to stick with every word I write. So it will be um, a lot, a lot bigger. So a lot more words. <laughs> nice. Of all the complaints you could receive about a book, the, the, the complaint that it was not long enough, I guess that's a pretty good complaint to get. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I totally get it. Um, and I, I felt that as well. Um, I learned from my first um, book. Um, I think for a first book, it's done very well. Um, and I'm very proud of that. Uh, but this time around, I'm, it's, it's going to be totally different. I, I held back a little bit. I feel like in the first one, it doesn't seem like it. But this time around, when I, when I say I held back, there were some things I wanted to say, but wasn't sure if I could I could say it, nothing bad or anything, but I was just trying to be PC, you know, this time around, I think I'm just going to let my emotions and everything just, I'm going to write it all down. And the entire book, most of the, the book, in, in fact, not entire, but most of the book is just my thoughts. It's like, what, especially this one, because it was less people I was hiking with and it was more of my experience. So I have a very sarcastic mind. And it's going to just be me. Uh, you're going to follow me going through the experience again. And uh, yeah, it should be like the first one. Well, Derek, you should know I love your writing. I really enjoyed your book. And if if I may be so bold, uh, working title for you for this book, from the way you've described it uh, and the way your, your approach is going to be, I think the working title should be Unfiltered. Unfiltered. That's that's I like that. I yeah. do have I do have a title in mind. Okay. Um, but I I, I don't want to share it yet. No, um, no. But unfiltered. <laughs> it, it, yeah, yeah, I like it. I mean, it's going to be unfiltered. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I cannot wait. I cannot wait. So just to uh you know familiarize some of our listeners if they if they're not familiar with you. Um, did you pick up a trail name uh, when you were on the AT in your first through hike? I did. Um, now, I didn't name myself. <laughs> so they called me Mr. Fabulous. Um, and on the CDT, I kept it, but it evolved into just fab. So I like it, it was different on, on the Appalachian Trail. When people ask you your trail name, they want to know where that came from. You know, like, tell us the story, which I loved. But this time around, I felt like since these hikers, most hikers on the CDT have already hiked a trail or or two. And it's like, you get a trail name and people aren't really asking you, they just accept it. And it turned out that people were just calling me Fab. They shortened up, they shortened Mr. Fabulous to Fab. So then I just, when people asked me what my, my trail name was, I would say Fab. And then when they would look at me kind of weird, I would go you know, it's short for Mr. Fabulous, but we don't need to be formal here, you know? So it just, 
it now it's bad. So, um, yeah. And long story short, the reason why I was called Mr. Fabulous uh, was because I had zero experience in the outdoors. And at the time, I was like a metrosexual where I was like, I wanted to stay groomed and, you know, keep keep I wanted to shave, keep my hair nice and twisted. I have I have locks. And uh, I joked around about having a full length mirror that I would pull out and like make sure everything was fresh and clean and, you know, look and fly. Someone was like, oh, you're Mr. Fabulous. And I was like, I didn't I didn't understand it at first. Uh, but then as I started using it, people were just enjoying it. They were laughing. They wanted, you know, they wanted to hear the story. And I felt like it ended up being more than just me being fabulous, but um, how people were feeling about just saying it, saying the trail name. And uh, it's just grown from there. And now it's just fab. I feel fab is a little more, a little more controlled. It's more like, okay, it's, it's not that spectacular, I should say. <laughs> I like the evolution to fab because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, you know, things can happen out on the trail, emergencies, emergency situations. And if there's mm-hmm. a tree falling and someone's trying to get your attention, I mean, Mr. Fabulous, that's a lot of syllables. To <laughs> that's get a lot. Out. I mean, fab. I mean, it's it's boom. You're you're there. So that's that's a, that's good. Oh, too late. The, the, the tree fell on him. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And um, I love the idea. I love the concept of kind of a different culture mm-hmm. uh, on the CDT. Different cultures on these on these long trails. Because you're right. Most of the people who are out there hiking the CDT, it's not their first long trail. They they've got mm-hmm. some miles under their under their trail runners. And so maybe the, their attitude, their approach, their interactions are kind of uh, flavored by that a bit. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the fact that uh, people didn't ask you for the backstory, they just kind of accepted it at, at uh, carte blanche. I mean, that's interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of, I understood it because when I would hear a trail name, when someone would give me their trail name, trail name, I would say, I would feel the same way. I'm like, all right, I accept it. That's your name. It's like, in real life, if you tell me your name is Josh or Mike or whatever, I'm not going to say, why are you called Josh or why are you called Mike? You know, it's like, it's my name. So it's kind of at this point when you're on the CDT, at this point, it's like accepted, you know? Right. I also like the idea of your luxury item out on the trail being a full length mirror that you just pull out of your backpack. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it neat. Very yep, good. Got to keep it fresh. <laughs> All right. So Fab, you've been on the on the podcast before. I encourage mm-hmm. anybody who's listening right now who is not familiar with your story to, when they're done with this episode, go back to that episode and take a listen. It was a great episode. Uh, in fact, you know I'm running some some um, episodes this season reruns. And I'm calling it Classic Doc instead of Classic Rock. It's Classic Doc, and I'm I'm rerunning some of our more popular episodes. And I anticipate your episode. Uh, rerunning again during during season five. So if if you haven't had a chance to listen, please please tune in, listen to that. It's a it's a very enjoyable story. He's got uh, really uh, an interesting background, and the whole the whole idea of a novice hiker never having hiked before, showing up and and putting on his pack, his loaded pack for the first time on the AT. I mean, amazing. it's nuts. I didn't even know if I liked hiking. That, that's how nutty it was. Like, you would think, like, at least go out for, like, a day hike or something or, you know, like, a weekend or something. No, I didn't have any time. It's, it was like, I said I wanted to do the AT. I got my gear, and I was out. I didn't have time to, like, practice. Because tr- I said, oh, maybe I'll wear the backpack in, you know, 
in New York City, walk around Central Park. I didn't get a chance to even do that. It was like I put the pack on at its full weight uh, without the water when I left my apartment. And then I I almost like fell with it. It was like <laughs> it, it was nutty. And I'm and I'm running to catch a cab because I'm running late to uh it's one of the chapters that I took out. But I'm I'm running late and I got I have to catch a train to uh Georgia. And I remember running with it and I was like, oh my God, what is this? And I tried to get in the cab, it was heavy. I just man, it felt like a bunch of bowling balls were in my pack, man. <laughs> Such a great story. In fact, I've got a recommendation for our listeners right now. You're going to, this is the order in which you need to go. You're going to listen to this episode. You're going to go back. You're going to listen to the earlier episode. You're going to go online. You're going to order a copy of his book, The Unlikely Through Hiker. You're going to read that. And then you're going to pre order his next book, which uh, working, working title is Unfiltered. We'll find out what the real title is when it, when it comes out. But you have, you, you have to experience Fab or Mr. Fabulous. It's, uh, it's quite, quite a journey. And you know what? I've been doing this for a while now. I did the AT 10 years ago. And um, I didn't I didn't think I would ever through hike ever again, but here you go. I did the second through hike and I'm a big storyteller and the book, my stories, when I talk to you, it's people want to hear these stories. Um, and I feel like with all my talks and, and, and I've grown as a speaker, as a writer, and I've learned that ultimately what I'm doing is. And I, I it, and I didn't start this thinking I would inspire anyone, but ultimately what I'm doing is inspiring, educating, and entertaining people. You know, and I lean on those three things. If I can do that, then I'm I'm doing the right thing. Because when I finished the AT, the outdoors, the outdoors changed my life, and I just couldn't stop sharing it. I just wanted people to know, like, hey, you know, this is this is what happened to me. It's the reason why I wrote it wrote the book it's like i couldn't hold it in i was exploding and um for 10 years it's been happening and now i do it with different different ways of doing it writing talks whatever i can podcast um but it's all about you know not just saying hey look i did this and you should do it. it's like no i'm going to share my story hopefully you find it intriguing or entertaining or maybe inspiring that way you can, you know, step out of your comfort zone, do something out of the ordinary, live your dream. That's ultimately what I would love everyone to do. Right. Now, as at your family gatherings, is it like at my family gatherings, they see me coming and they know, oh, no, here, here's the weird uncle or the, you know, who's <laughs> going to talk about his his latest hike. And they go the other direction. They see you coming. They head, they head the other direction. No, man. You know what? I've been, <laughs> no, they, it's funny. My brother who had, like me, never hiked before, didn't want me to do the AT. He was like, dude, you gotta take a machete with you, man. Take a machete, because it's dangerous in the South. And he was like, they come in small sizes, you can strap it to your chest and you go. And I was like, dude, I am not, I am not doing that. He was like, you're not gonna survive. And then I, I end up, six months later, I'm done. And he's like, man, if you can do it, I can do it. All of a sudden, he wants to buy gear and he wants to do this and that. And we ended up doing a fun hike from uh, New York City, Manhattan. We walked over to George Washington Bridge and we did the long path trail up to uh, Harriman State, Bear Mountain Harriman State Park. And it took us about five days. In fact, um, the ATC did a short uh, film about it called Trail Brothers. And um, 
he got the bug. He got the bug and he was he was just like, so what happened was I get back first, when I first leave, people don't even know what the AT is. They don't know how to say it. The calling is something totally different, Appalachia or whatever, they don't even know. And when I come back, everyone's an expert. They're like, oh yeah, you know, man, I, I can do that. Or, you know, or, and they're like bragging and like, you know, Derek did the Appalachian Trail. One thing though, they would not call me Mr. Fabulous though. <laughs> they would <laughs> like, they were like, no, we ain't. Okay. You, they draw the line far. there, huh? No, nice. no, no. But yeah, everyone was like, really like, I had a friend, Nina, that she's in the book and she was kind of like making fun of me for wanting to do this, uh, my first through hike. And she ended up getting, when I came back, she got some trail runners and we went out for, for a hike, you know? So again, it's, it's, I started inspiring people and I was like, whoa, this is powerful. And I, maybe it's cause I don't look like a hiker. Even when I was out there, I didn't look like a hiker and people, and maybe they can relate to that, like not feeling like they're hikers. Um, and it, I guess it, it, I make it comfortable for them and they're like, okay, maybe I can do this. Cause I know I hear from people, they say, you know, I, I, I can't find a trail. I don't know where the trailhead is. And I feel uncomfortable. I feel weird about like just walking around and trying to find something that may not even be there. And it's like, I, I get it. I, I get that. And I'm hoping that with my words and when they see me or do talks or, or, or read my book that they feel a little bit more comfortable and they, they want to do not just, not a, not necessarily do a through hike, but maybe get out there and do a couple miles or something, or just do something outside, outside, outside of your house, you know? Right. Now, congratulations on uh, being a bona fide influencer. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a wannabe influencer. I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> that people are inspired listening to the, to the podcast, listening to the different guests I have on, but you, I mean, with your book and, and, and your the story about your brother and getting him out there. I mean, that, that is just so rewarding. That is awesome. Yeah, no, that, it's, it's great. And it's, um, again, it's, it's something that I didn't expect and my life just totally changed and it was mm -hmm. directions that I needed to take. Now I have, I feel like I have a responsibility now. I can't just say, Hey, I'm done and I'm going to go away. You know, like when I told people I was going to do the continental divide trail, they were like, Oh, there's a book coming. Every comment, every post I did for five months, people were like, can't wait for the book. Can't, and I never even announced it. And it was like, I, I have this responsibility. I have to write a book. And I'm like, man, I, I better not mess this up. That's a heavy <laughs> weight on your shoulders. There, I, know. I know. I know. A lot of pressure. Like, way to put some pressure. pressure on a brother. <laughs> yes. Hey, uh, before we get to our first segment, a quick question. Did anybody recognize you out on the Continental Divide Trail? Did they say, oh, you're Mr. Mm. Fabulous? It, it was interesting. Um, I didn't, I was hoping, even, Yes, I'm gonna. People did recognize me. I was hoping I can just be another through hiker, um, but what? And I thought if someone was gonna recognize me, it was gonna change the dynamic of our relationship, or you know, they would want to hike with me and this and that. You know what happened? Uh, I did get recognized, but a lot of times they wouldn't even say they recognized me. I remember I hit a summit, and it was three people, four people at the top. And we're joking, we're we're talking, and I'm like, hey, let's you know, let's let's follow each other on Instagram, whatever. And one of them were, one of them was like, oh, I I already follow you, I know about everything about you, and I'm like, oh, like I just didn't want to say anything. I was like, oh, thank you for that. So what happened was, people were they knew who I was, 
but they treated me like a through hiker, like a regular through hiker. They said, yeah, we know, like, we didn't want to like, you know, bombard you with questions and this and that. We, we know why you're out here because we're out here for the same reason. And I got that respect. Now, if someone was like, Hey, you know, like I didn't come out and say, I'm Mr. Fab. I wrote a book. I did never did that. But if someone came up to me and was like, Hey man, I read your book, man. It was really great. Then we have a conversation and I'm, I'm cool with that. But I really was worried that that would change uh, my through hype, that it was going to change. Cause I had such a great experience with the AT and I was just worried that um, maybe I had a, a bit too much exposure. And luckily through hikers are out there to through hike, man. You know, they, they don't even care. You know, like it could, it could have been, I don't care. You know, Jesus could have been hiking with us. They were like, come on, dude, let's go. You know, like it didn't, it didn't matter. We just threw hiking. So yeah, I did get recognized, but it was, it was cool, man. It was really, really cool. Nice. They'd be saying, Jesus, how much, how many more miles to the next pass? <laughs> <laughs> you know, wasn't Jesus out there in the desert for like 40 days and 40 nights? Or am I getting the days confused or something? No, he, I, I, out there I, for bet, I bet he could, I bet he could do it in his sandals. He'd be out there hiking. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh man, he's rocking it, man. When we hit the Gila section where we had to cross the river and all that, he would have been rocking that. He would have just been right on the water. Just <laughs> I would have been right behind him. I'm like, come on, Jesus, take me with you. <laughs> all right. Hey, hey, uh, Fab, quick reminder we have a segment towards the end of the episode called the Pro Tip Inside of the Week. That's where I will turn to you and ask you to share some trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. I know you're aware of that. Just uh, a brief reminder. Of course, you are expected to drop trail wisdom throughout the episode, but uh, you'll be on the hook for okay. one at the end. All right, cool. All right. No the pressure. Must Bring Gear Review. Hey, another feature we've been doing this season, Fab, is the Must Bring Gear Review, sponsored by the Ultralight Backpacking Gear Company, Six Moon Designs. And here's how it works. If you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a specific brand for that for that particular piece of gear, uh, even better. So, Fab, what is your must-bring piece of gear out there? Oh man, not okay. So we're not we're not including including the basics, right? Is this person packing the basics? See, I had to be that guy. Is he packing the basics? Does he know what to pack as a for a through hiker? Or like I could say trekking poles, but he he probably knows I need trekking poles. Yeah. So the concept here is he's just he, he's throwing he's got a, he's got a basic generic bag, and he is throwing in a tent. He's throwing in a sleeping pad. He's throwing in you know whatever he thinks you might need. But if you have a specific piece of gear that you're like, hey buddy, do not forget this. I need this. What do you think that All would right. be? It, it, this may be like a, 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 a luxury item, but many may think this, but it's not. I would say um, a composition book and a pen. I need that. I, I, I need it. Um, because I'm not just a through hiker, I'm a writer. And every night after my through hike didn't matter, after my day, my day of hiking, it didn't matter how tired I was, I would, I would write how many miles I did, where I'm at, um, the weather, the time, and then just what happened that day. I needed to put that down on paper. Um, I had I had video notes. Um, I had scrap paper where I did notes, but to write it down in a notebook and and have have a pen, obviously can't can't do anything without a pen. I would say I would need those two items. 
I think that is such great advice because especially on a, a hike that's, you know, potentially 3000 miles long or 3,100 miles long, there's a lot of days in there. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't write stuff down, if you don't write down your specifics each night, there's no way you can remember everything. And this, this allows you to go back and kind of reflect and, and remember what, what exactly transpired on that hike. Also this time around when I did the AT, I didn't know I was going to write about my adventure. I, I decided halfway through it that I was going to, to write about, but luckily I had the journal already. And I've been, I've had a journal since I, in my early twenties. So that was the easy thing to, to have. It wasn't like I had to change anything this time around. I knew that I was going to write about it. So my, it, my journal from the jump was very detailed, very detailed. So I had the day, uh, what day, not just the date, but what day, like day three, day four, day five, um, the weather, where I was, like all these little details, how many miles I did, what mile I was on, um, all the things. Cause so when I, when I start writing, I'll have that. I can go back. I start writing off the top of my head and then I'll go back to like my journal, my photos, videos, um, all those, all those things to just kind of fill in the blank. But that journal, this one more importantly than ever, like I made sure that if I went into town, that that journal was somewhere safe. Either it was on me or if I left it, I wouldn't even leave it at a hostel because it was my life. It was, this is what I'm, you know, before I was like, yeah, I, I'll jot down, uh, you know, my adventure for myself, but this time it's not for me. And another big difference, um, I'll say, I'll, you know, I'm going to tell you now, because one of the things is like, what's the one question, you know, you, uh, you didn't ask me uh, or that I should have asked, you should have asked me. And I would say um, that the first, my first through hike um, was for myself. Okay. Um, and this one, it, I did it for others. Uh, I did it to educate others, hopefully inspire and to entertain, like I said earlier. Um, so I, I had a responsibility and that notebook um, was a big part of it. And if I lost that, I would have lost a lot of great information for everyone. Highly important. So important to, to, to flesh out the details in your upcoming book, uh, now titled uh, Unfiltered and Detailed. <laughs> Fab, colon, unfiltered and detailed. It's getting longer. I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. But again, it's a great tip for anybody, even if you're not a an author. Uh, if you if you just want to remember all of the glorious details that happen day by day on a multi day adventure, uh, take a journal, jot notes in your iPhone, do something to 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 remember exactly what happened because you know especially on a long long hike things can kind of melt together. Mm -hmm. True, especially if you've done more than one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. It's the hiking pole. All right, Fab. Now we did the hiking poll last time with you. And in that hiking poll, it was seven questions about hiking. But because we've already done the hiking poll with you, uh, with my repeat customers here on the podcast, I like to change things up with the hiking poll the second time around. So uh, we're not going to be talking about hiking stuff at all. These are seven questions about some of the big issues in our society. These are issues, these these are questions we could probably spend an entire episode on, or maybe even a season for the podcast, right? So, 
I want to get your your take on these and, and see what side of the fence you fall on. Are you nervous about this? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Hope we don't get political. <laughs> no politics. No politics okay. here. Don't worry about that. Uh, well, I don't. I don't know. I mean, you'll 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 tell by the first question here. It could it could be political or not. We'll see. All right. So first question here, and this is going to help me rate you on a sanity scale. Uh, oh, okay. One, one is completely insane, and one hundred is completely sane. Uh, there's an automatic 20 point deduction for anybody who's done a long trail. So the highest score you can get tonight is 80. I, I don't want that to be disappointing to you, but that's that's just a fact of life. And uh, if I were to ask your friends and family, Fab, you know what kind of score they would give you on the sanity scale, what, what do you think they'd rate you? Mm. Wow, um, it would it would be low. Low is insane, or high is insane. L- low is insane. <clears throat> Are, yeah, you, are you south of the 50 mark or are you, are you above I'm the south. 50? You're I'm, south. I'm south. Yeah, I'm south of the 50. <laughs> well, you're in Alabama, so you are, you're south. Okay. All right. All right. Question number one. Could be political, could be not. People, people take a stand on this hill. The uh, first question is, does pineapple belong on pizza? <sighs> um goodness i would say i know it it's it people dig it i'm gonna say gosh that's already that's a that's a hard one already because i'll I'll tell you right now before you answer before you answer fab i'll tell you right now this is the longest anybody has taken to answer this question (laughs) we've already set a record i'm 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 from new york city man and we don't really do pineapple so i'm gonna say no because I'm from New York, but I do know that people ha- do have pineapple on their on their on their pizza. But I'm going to say, as a New Yorker, no. Okay, all right. Took a firm stand on that. We got there eventually. I mean, you did a lot of thinking about that. <laughs> I, I want your honest reaction. I don't want you, I don't want you to tell me what you think I want to hear. I don't want to hear what no, no, society okay. wants to hear. I want I want to know what Fab has to say on this. Okay, okay, all right. And I'll just let you know on a little secret here. Before we started the interview tonight, I choked down a piece of uh, Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> I had some pineapple on my pizza, which leads me to the corollary question, which is not not part of the hiking poll, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, do you drink beer or wine with your pizza? Or neither? I would do, be- I would do beer. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to ask me, do I drink beer or wine? I would have been like, I drink both. <laughs> Yeah. Do you prefer? Okay. Let's, let's ask that too. I mean, you prefer beer or wine, which. Uh... When I threw hike all, nothing but beer. Okay. But uh, when I'm all, cause I'm burning calories. I'm burning, like, mm. I'm not going to gain any weight from it, but, um, and living, I was living in Asheville uh, and surrounded by breweries in New York city. And, you know, it's, I, I still love beer, but I do wine now because, um, you know, I don't, I don't want a beer good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. He's got he's got a glass of wine in front of him. Now let's drill down a little further. This is not part of the hiking pole. These are just ancillary questions that may come up. Um, yeah. if, if you're drinking beer, what is your pref- preferred style of beer? Uh, IPAs. Oh, good. Yeah. 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 Me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. Hey, you ever tried Space Dust? Mm-mm. It's a Legion no. Brewing. Legion Brewing. I think it's it's based in Seattle. Okay, and uh, you can find it here on the West Coast, and they have a an IPA called Space Dust. That's that's my my preferred 
type of IPA. It's pretty good. Okay. All right, have to try it. Space yeah, it. Will it get me it. high? <laughs> it, 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 it's like nine point two ABV. Oof, oof. <laughs> yeah, and in terms of wine, what is your? I saw you drinking a red there. What is your preferred type of wine? Uh, Pinot Noir. Oh, Pinot, Pinot guy. Okay. Yes, yes, without Sorry. a doubt, Pinot Noir from Oregon. Now, see, you 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 had no hesitation on that. You got to the Pinot answer a lot quicker than you did the Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's question one. Question one. Question two. Big question. One of the big issues in society. Do you roll your toilet paper over or under? Over. Without over. Hesitation. Over. Under. That drives me insane. When I was dating someone, she liked it under, and I was like, oh, I am i can't. I, it drives me insane. Why would you? I feel like it's, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's hitting the wall, and, like, I can't get it sometimes, and if it's hanging there, it's perfect. It's just, like, ready to go, you know? Mm -hmm. I want to in and out. I don't want to spend time sitting there and trying to fit in and out. That's right. That's right. And did she have a cat? Was she a cat owner? Well, we were both. In fact, I have the cat and the dog with me right now, but yes. And the cat, I know you're going to ask, does the cat kind of like hit the, um, right. she, she did it maybe once, but no, she doesn't. Cats but love that, doing that, that was not the reason that she wanted the toilet paper under. She just preferred it that way. Yeah. She just liked it that way. I mean, even before we had the cat, she was doing yeah. it that way. So. Are, are you still with her? No. Okay, because good. of that. That, that, yeah. that, you know, that, that that's a big warning sign. Big I was I was going to let you know, hey, big, big red flag right there. Oh, yeah, that was that was one of many. <laughs> <laughs> and you came out you came out of the relationship with the cat and the dog. No, I don't. No, she lives in Birmingham now. So okay. it's about 45 minutes away to an hour and she's out of town. So I get to have the pets. Oh, so we got nice. she has uh, custody, but I get to see them a lot. So, OK. All right. Got it. Question number three. Now, you being an author, I think you should probably take a, a strong stand on this one way or the other. Do you use the Oxford comma? Yes. I had to think about that. Yes. For our listeners wow. out there, the Oxford comma is the second comma in a simple series. So if you say the flag is red, white, and blue, there would be a comma after red. There would be a comma after white before the and. That is mm -hmm. the Oxford comma. Some mm -hmm. people say that uh, you don't need the Oxford comma. You have the and separating the last uh, the, the last two items in the series. Mm -mm. You you say that uh, the Oxford comma is required. Yes, I do it. Um, I think because the program I use will autocorrect me. So for years it was autocorrecting me, and I was like, okay, this is the way it's supposed to be done. So yes, I use it. Okay, good answer. Good answer. When we get rid of the Oxford comma, then society just completely starts to break down. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all downhill. Question number four. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Are you asking a vegan this? Come on, man. <laughs> asking a vegan this? I don't care if it's a sandwich or not. Um, I, I would say no. I would say it's not a sandwich. But I don't care if I get this one wrong because I'm a vegan. 
what's it like being a vegan out on the trail? I mean, what what are you eating? Easy, out there? man. It's not as hard as like people think it is. Like ramen noodles is vegan. Oatmeal is vegan. Peanut butter is vegan. The hardest thing to find that wasn't vegan was energy bars. Because when I was on the AT, I wasn't a vegan, and I had Snickers, and I would love me some Snickers. This time around is a little bit trickier, but um, other than that, you know, I even had pizza without cheese. That's vegan. It's not. It's not really that hard to be a vegan on the trail, and I did it completely. And I wanted to prove. I wanted to show people that you could do that because I've heard stories of people starting a through hike as a vegan, and they, they did when it finished it, or even if they didn't finish it, they weren't vegans anymore. Or they weren't a vegan when they were on the trail. And I'm like, I'm going to prove that you can do this. And it wasn't as hard. And I was in like, you know, you know, middle America where you would think that, no, there was towns that I was, I was surprised I had like, they had veggie burgers or, you know, like vegan cheese. And I was like, where am I? This is awesome. So it was not as hard as, as, yeah, as you I, I've heard that. I've heard that some vegans disappear in middle America. It's kind of sketchy out there. <laughs> <laughs> They die of starvation. <laughs> yeah, could be, could be, could be. All right, question five: Netflix or YouTube? Netflix, Netflix, without a doubt, and Hulu yeah. and Amazon Prime Video. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, not uh, not user generated content, but professionally generated content. Do you have a, a favorite series on any one of those streaming platforms? What are you watching these days? I'm finishing up C. S E E, um, what's the other one? Um, Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> I'm watching that because my partner at the time was watching. I was like, oh, this is like kind of dark. Um, and uh, oh, and uh, The Walking, The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, After which I'm way behind on a lot of these things because I've been gone for like five months. So you know, Better Call Saul. I was watching. I think the last season just finished. So I had. I don't even know what happened. You, is that your show? Oh, Better Call Saul. If anybody asks me what is the best series ever made, it's Better Call Saul. Better Saul. Better Call Saul. Unpopular opinion is better than Breaking Bad. It is. It yeah, is fantastic. I, and I I would agree. The reason why is because I feel like Breaking Bad set up these characters that come back, and you're like, oh, look who it is, and they make them even better. Um, so you watched the last season? I did. I did. It is okay. so good. So okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ruin it for you. But I will say that there is an added added experience for me. I have discovered the companion podcasts to different series that I watch. And uh-huh. so I'll watch an episode and then I'll turn into the podcast. It really does like a deep dive analysis <laughs> into the episode, and it, it is just so good. Oh, I have another one, Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah. Yellowstone. Now now check this out. When I was in Montana, I got picked up by um, Obos was um, one of my big supporters of, of, of this through hike. And they picked me up and they drove me to Bozeman. And as we were getting to Bozeman, we saw um, we were at the set of one of the sets of Yellowstone. And I was like, we got to pull over before we pulled over. He, the guy that was driving had binoculars. And I was like, what? So we, I got to see like a scene um of i don't know if it's this season or next season but i was like i was so giddy man and i'm a and i'm also a big fan of montana because i'm a fan of clint eastwood and i've i dated this one girl that said that he would uh when he was doing his movies he would actually rent property 
um, and he would hire locals to be in his movies. So there's a scene which she was in when she was a toddler where um, there was these gangsters coming into town and they were raising heck and all that. And the mom is picks up her daughter and they run off and the little girl is, you know, my girlfriend at the time. But she said that Clint Eastwood treated the locals so well in Montana. Montana is known for a lot of like Westerns and stuff like that. And now Yellowstone and all the spinoffs and all that. So yeah, that is Yellowstone so cool. is pretty good. So cool. We loved Yellowstone. I'll tell you that I loved 1883 even better. Yeah, that's what everyone's saying. I saw the yeah. first three episodes, but then you have to have, what is it, Paramount or something? What is it? What's it on now? Get it on Paramount Plus or something. Yes, yes. I saw the first three episodes. It was free on something, and I loved it. And then now they're doing another spinoff where it's 19, in the 1900s right. or something. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Great, yeah. great show. Okay. Hey, back, back to the hiking pool. Question number <laughs> six, the better superpower, invisibility? Or flying? I've always wanted to fly, dude. I, I'm going to say flying, dude. <laughs> I, I I was hoping you were going to say flying because I would love to be invisible. But, I mean, what what can you do with that unless you're a thief or something? Like, I want to fly and just, like, see everything from up above, man. And I'm assuming that if you can fly, you're flying fast. Like, you can decide how fast you can fly. So you can probably fly around the world in no time. So I'm adding the speed to that one. But... Yeah, I would love to fly. I may have to put a qualifier on that next time. Invisibility or flying at one mile per hour? Mm. <laughs> no, that's not flying. That's like just yeah, floating. floating. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be invisible if that's the case. <laughs> now, right, can you I'm... be invisible and be fast? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Question number seven, last question. Help me determine your level of sanity here. If you had the chance to get into a time machine that only went 100 years in the future or 100 years in the past, which direction would you pick? Oh, that's a, that's a really good one. It's a tough one. A hundred years in the future or in the past. I would say, I would say the future because, you know, if I want to know about the past history, you know, this, there's so many ways I can find out about, about history. I would say the future, uh, because first of all, I want to know how well my books did a hundred years from now. <laughs> and also, yeah, man. I mean, I, I just want to see where this planet is in a hundred years. See what Wikipedia has to say about Derek Lugo. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, let me put this through the, uh, the algorithm here. We've got to carry uh, the two. And divide that by first root. one got me. They're going to divide by root one. three and multiply by pi. And we're going to adjust for the, the, the temperature in the San Juans uh, on, on the CDT. And I come up with a score here of fat. I come up with a score of 64. 64. I'm surprised. I'm surprised because, you know, I thought it'd be a little bit lower than that. Okay. Well, you know, it's, it's passing. I passed, right? You passed. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 higher than what my family would think. So my family and friends. So <laughs> all right. Hey, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna do a little review of uh hiking the AT in your book. And then we're gonna get into your latest adventure out on the CT CDT and hear some stories. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water. Using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs. With the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it, Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, go wild, live young. This episode is sponsored by Jolly Gear. Are you tired of compromising between the ventilation of a button-down and the full protection of a sun hoodie? With the Triple Crown button-down, you can have the best of both. Plus, their fun standout patterns will have you the talk of the trail. Visit them at jollygear.com. Thru-hiker owned, Jolly Gear, where fun meets functional. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. And welcome back. We're talking to Derek Lugo, thru-hiker and author, author of The Unlikely Thru-Hiker about his his trip on the AT, and also known as Mr. Fabulous, or now, more recently, just Fab. So, Fab, remind all of our folks out there who are listening in, tell us about uh, just a brief synopsis of the AT and then the subsequent book that came from that experience. Uh, so <clears throat> the AT, uh, being from New York city with zero experience of the AT, um, the way I found out about it, like many other through hikers, uh, was the book, a walk in the woods, uh, during that time, even, even now I'm a big reader and someone handed this book to me and said, Hey, read this, not saying they didn't say anything about it being about the AT, but they said it was a really funny book. I read it. It was hilarious. Um, but the one thing that stuck in my mind was this hard trail called the Appalachian Trail, 
Well, I knew that it went from Georgia to Maine, 14 states, um, and it was something that I wanted to do. I didn't, I didn't know what it would entail. Like what I just knew, whatever I had in my back, my backpack was how I was going to live uh, for six months. And uh, it was funny because when I got to the trail, when I got to Springer Mountain, uh, I got to the shelter, the first shelter. Everything that was in my pack, I didn't know how to use. I didn't know how to use the filter. Didn't know how to pitch my tent. Didn't know how to, you know, use the use the the mini stove. All the things that people would know how to eat, do um, before they would do a through hike, like they would know months for months or years. I didn't. I was learning that day. Um, in fact, there's a chapter in the book called "Lessons at Springer Mountain." And that was when <laughs> all the things that I should have learned, I, I learned that day. Uh, the one thing I will say about the AT was that there was no judgment out there from other through hikers. Uh, when they found out I didn't know anything about through hiking, they just helped me along. I think if it wasn't for the outdoor community, uh, for the hiking community, I would, I wouldn't have finished it if it wasn't for trail angels. And I think more so than any other trail, the AT offers a lot of assistance with uh, shelters, with um, hostels, a lot of trail angels. And your audience probably know about trail angels, but these are people that help hikers along the way, whether it's a ride or, you know, um, leave food um, by the trailhead. Uh, trail magic was one of the most amazing things that helped me along. Which, and coming from a New Yorker, I was like, what is this thing people are giving me? Why would they do that? You know, I, I had that suspicious mind, man. And slowly but surely, the uh, the AT and the uh, outdoor community changed that that mindset. And um, so when I finished the AT, um, it, uh, it sparked something in me. Um, it lit a fire. I had like this burning fire sensation to like share uh my story not my necessarily just my story but what i experienced you know like i don't want to say like hey this is all about me no the, the book is about what i was going through um and the one the one of the biggest compliments that i love that people uh share with me after reading my book is that it felt like they say it felt like they were hiking with me and that's what i wanted i wanted people not to see a guy doing the thing but feel like they were doing it also and um so I went at it I was like I put all my emotions into the book I it took me six months to through hike the AT but I felt like I was reliving it in in through hiking for the next year and a half two years and for years to come um during my when I'm doing my talks so it never left me, unlike other thru-hikers where they finish their thru-hike and they may just continue on with whatever else they do in their life. I kept kept it going. It was it was kind of being like like going to the military and then making it into your your life. You know, you're, that's your career now. You know, and you're in the military for 25 years, which I did meet someone not too long ago that was in the military for about 25 years. And I thought that was amazing. You make it into a career. And that's what I've done. I've taken through hike it made it into a career um and 10 years later i decided to do um the continental divide trail but that wasn't necessarily my decision like i didn't just say hey i'm going to do the the cdt like i said about the appalachian trail 
um, I think because people have seen me do talks and, uh, and I'm very grateful for this. And I say this in the most humblest way I can, but people really wanted me to write another book um, and wanted to, it, they wanted it to be another through hiking book. And I thought about it really hard and I said, I could be writing about anything else. Uh, but I felt like right now um, where I was at, it's been 10 years, it would have changed. Um, it's funny because when I told people I was going to do the AT, they were like, oh, they don't do it. You're never going to survive. This time around, when I told people I was going to do the CDT, family and friends, they were like, oh, you did it. You did. You threw hiked already. You got this. I'm like, no, you can't tell me I'm going to do it. No, you're supposed to say I can't. I need that, you know, I need that, like, I, I need you to have like doubts about me finishing it. Cause that way I can like think about that and like kind of go, it was, it's like this. I heard LeBron James say this on um, the basketball player. He said, when he goes to uh, uh, an away uh, game and he goes to the, to the stadium, he looks around to see if uh, like he, he has a lot of people that love him, but he wants to find someone that hates him. And he's like, you know, he wants someone that's yelling at him and saying, boo, you suck. And once he finds him, he's like, okay, it's on. You know, and that's how, that's what I was looking for. I was looking for someone to say I couldn't do it. That way I can have that drive to actually do it. And no, people are like, you got this. You got this. Like, oh, man. You know what oh, that no, is? Man. You know what that is, Fab? That That's the chip on the shoulder syndrome, right? Having a chip on your shoulder. You know who's made a career out of that? Tom Brady. Tom Brady was drafted in like the, the he's drafted 199 during his draft class and nobody thought he'd ever make it. And he, he has taken that moment of being drafted number 199 and just had that chip on his shoulder the entire time. Yeah. I, I, yes, that's exactly, that's yeah. exactly what it is. And, um, but, you know, going into this second through hike, I knew it's been 10 years, man. I, I, I did day hikes, but I wasn't through hiking and I'm hiking in the desert. Like, do you start in the desert? I ain't never hiked in the desert before, you know? And it was so different than the AT. It was like, you start in a desert and all of a sudden after the desert, you're crossing 200 and I counted them, 249 river crossings. You know, you go from desert to river crossings and then you're climbing, you go to Colorado and you're climbing up to like, you know, 13,000 feet, 14, you know, the elevation gets higher and higher and you got, you're trying to escape storms. And like, it just, I had the hiking experience, the through hiking experience, but nothing can pre prepare you for the continental divide trail. And I was, I was really grateful for that because I was learning on the fly and it wasn't one of those things where I walked in and I was like, yeah, I wrote a book and I got this, you know, no, and never, I never, none of that, like crossed my mind. I was not, I, I never thought about like, I have the experience. I have that. No, it was just like, man, I could die. Out here. <laughs> you know, I'm well, struggling. Let me, let me ask you that question. Why, why the CDT as, as hike number two, why not the PCT? You know, I talked to ginger balls, who's a triple crowner and he, he started off with the AT and he did the PCT after, and then he did the CDT. And he said that if he had done the CDT first, he would have said that ah, this is not for me. This is, this is just crazy. So I love, I love, that's a great question. And that's the order you're supposed to do it in. The AT, the PCT, and the CDT, because the CDT is the hardest one to do. 
And I and we were talking about this earlier before we started recording that I could see why people end with the CDT because when you're done, you're like, I ain't through hiking anymore. I'm done. <laughs> it's just it. It was, and it's funny because everyone you at just about everyone that was through hiking when we were hitting the last hundred miles, people were like, yeah, I can't, I'm done. Like, I can't wait for this to be over. You know, I'm, I'm done. And I remember thinking, yeah, you know, it's time for me to finish, but I wasn't like eager to get off the trail. Like I wanted, I wanted to embrace and take everything in the last week, the last few weeks. But I remember this, this, uh, well, back back to you to answer your question the reason why i picked the uh cdt was that i i had a relationship i've been building relationships with outdoor organizations um when i say uh brand like gear brands like i mean like relationships with them not saying not people that reach out to me say hey can you promote whatever i have and we'll give you fee fear free gear ambassadorship like i i know people do it and some people you know it's great that they get free gear but i don't necessarily need anyone to give me anything free um but if i do get free stuff i give it to my audience you know i do a lot of giveaways um what i wanted to do was build relationships with these organizations and see if they're on the same uh mindset as 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 myself where um we're sharing the outdoors and we want more people that don't know much about the outdoors to learn about it and get out there. And that's, that's my goal. I mean, I met so many organizations and, and companies that, that are thinking the same way. So one of them is Obos. Um, they're a uh, shoe brand. Um, and I started building a relationship with them and their beliefs are very close to what I believe in. And, um, I said, we talked about doing me doing another through hike. And I said, well, if you guys want me to do a through hike and we can work something where we're sharing about through hiking with, with our audience, um, let's do the PCT. And they were like, well, it would be really cool if you did the CDT because their company is right off of the Continental Divide trails and they have a relationship with the, the CDTC, which is the organization that that works on the continental divide trail and they said if you do the cdt then we can do a lot more as far as sharing the outdoors and all that and i thought for a second i was like man i haven't through hiked in 10 years and and i'm gonna jump from like not through hiking to hitting the hardest trail <laughs> out there um and i agreed to it i agreed to do the cdt and i had some support uh, when I say support, I mean, you know, I had people helping me send me uh, food because I didn't have any mail drops when I did the AT. I think I had one, I think, and it was like halfway through. It was at Harper's Ferry. This time around, I needed more, especially as a vegan. Um, so, yeah, that, that was the main reason why I decided to do the CDT was because of the um, – the company that I was working with and they were going to support my through hike. Um, and it was just easier for us to do that. That's fantastic. And, you know, I want to pick up on something you said there and put my own take on it, that the outdoors are for everybody. 
Yeah. They're for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, what, what do we have to do to diversify the folks out there on the trail? You know, I've, I've been trying to do my part here. I'm, I'm talking to all kinds of folks uh, out there on the trails. I'm, I've talked to uh, people of color out on the trail. I've talked to uh, transgender uh, folks out on the trail. I've talked to women out on the trail. I mean, what what is it going to take to to make sure everybody is aware that the outdoors is for everybody? Keep keep doing what you're doing, brother. Keep doing what you're doing because that's exactly what I do. Um, and um, people need to see different types of people on the trail because eventually you're going to talk to someone that looks like this person. You know, you're going to talk to someone that. And all of a sudden, people are not all of a sudden. I shouldn't say that, but gradually, and it's and I see it happening. Um, people are gonna uh, feel a bit more comfortable about going out there. Um, I'm hoping I make I'm, you know, being I'm a little part of that. Where when people see me, um, and I try to start, I try to do a lot of talks at schools because the kids are like. Um, a lot of times they don't know about through hiking. They don't know about hiking the AT or, you know, the PCT or the, all, any, any trail. And they're very intrigued. Their minds are just so curious about what's going on. I remember doing a talk last year and I'm actually going to go to that school again next month. And I did a talk for the seventh graders and it was, it was their first time at the auditorium for, you know, because of you know the craziness we've been going through, right. and they were just happy that they were leaving a class and they were hitting the auditorium, but they had no idea what I was going to talk about. It's like this dude, we don't know what he's doing, but they just were excited to be there. And I'm talking, I share my story. These are seventh graders, and all of a sudden, I can see them just like what, and if they're laughing, and I try, again, I try to make my talks and everything I do entertaining, and then I'll have a Q and A. Man, these kids were asking me so many questions. It was like, I loved it. Um, and that said, I talked to high school kids um, and they're like, just because when you're in middle, I realized that when you're in middle school, you're not that far away from um, elementary school, grade school. So like, you're still learning to be like an adult. When you're in high school, you're like too cool to laugh or to say anything. So middle school is great because they're like, you know, they're still curious. And I remember when I finished the talk, I love sharing this story. When I finished the talk, I was walking to my car and this one of the student comes to me and she's like, oh my God, oh my God, can you sign this for me? She gives me something to sign, right? And two of her friends come and one of them goes, hey, we want to apologize for our seventh grade class because we thought you were going to be boring. <laughs> and I was like, oh that's perfect that's like the best compliment i don't care like and they were like we loved your talk isn't that and they were like they were apologizing for like the beginning of it and i didn't even notice i just knew that like they didn't know who i was and i had to like show them that what i'm up to so yeah man it's about um <clears throat> just having people like me um doing these talks i have a, a podcast called unlikely stories podcast and i do exactly what you're doing you know, like I'm learning from you guys. I've been um, doing this for a while. And I, I spoke to, you know, the 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 first black person to hike Mount Everest to summit, not just hike, but summit Mount Everest. I spoke to um, uh, a drag queen. You know, I spoke to the a female, one of the fastest females um, that hiked the, the AT. You know, like all these different types of people. 
because I'm a big believer that the outdoor community is made up of a bunch of different communities. So I wanted to do what you're doing where I talk to different people and then someone's going to relate to one of the episodes that I'm doing. So yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. I continue doing what I can do to and and all I'm doing is sharing my story, but letting people know that, hey, even this New Yorker, an adult that had no experience, is out there. Not only did one through height, but did a, did two through heights and is also doing other through hikes. Like I'm doing the long trail next year. You know, it's shorter, but it's still a through hike, you know. So yeah, and you don't necessarily need to do a through hike when people come up to me and say, hey. You know, I know you've done like 2,200 miles and now like 5,000 miles. Uh, but, you know, I just did three miles and I was like, get rid of the jest. You know, like you were out there doing the outdoors, doing what I want everyone to do. It doesn't matter how many miles you do. Just get out there. It's very healing. It's very refreshing. It's very good for your mind. Like so many good things come out of it. That's incredible. I, I'm so happy that you have a podcast. What a great spokesman for for the outdoors. So um, keep doing what to, you're doing. You need to have a I love it so much, man. Just like you love what you're doing, man. It's like you gotta have a passion for it. You know, you gotta love what you're doing. Cause if you if you love what you're doing, you never work a day in your life. You know that, right? So it's this is how this is how I spend every day whatever. And, and I do it in a bunch of different ways, whether it's through social media, through my writing, through talks, through talking to you, having a conversation with you. I love doing this, you know, and when you have people that love what they're doing, it shows. It's like, and I see this in talks, like if you see someone doing a talk and they're not confident or they don't feel good about what they're talking about, you're not, you're going to be like, what is this? But if you see someone that's super confident and they're like doing their thing and they know what they're talking about, you're going to be engaged in that. And that's, that's how I feel right now, man. I get, I can talk about this all day long, man. Awesome. Hey, are you familiar fab with type two fun? Yes. I actually did a post on that today about type <laughs> two fun. Nice. Do you, do you have any type two fun stories from the CDT you want to share with us? It's it, yeah, it, I did it. Uh, was it today or yesterday? Yesterday I did a type two where, so uh, I was hiking up. Um, I was, I was hiking a 14 er was uh, Grace Peak. 14 er is like when you hit the highest peak of that mountain is 14,000 um, feet in elevation. Okay. And I was hiking. It was, it was a struggle, man. And also I get vertigo. Um, and it was just a struggle. I couldn't get to the top. And as I'm getting to the top, this cloud is just, it's just starting to come closer and closer. And the thing about hiking in Colorado is that you need to hit that summit early. Like I learned this really fast that unlike the AT where I left camp two hours after everyone else, I had to leave super early, like six, seven o'clock in the morning so I could hit summit by before lunch and then head down before, you know, thunder and lightning and, and hail starts hitting you in the head. And um, I had already a week before that I got caught in a storm. And uh, that was that was a nightmare. That wasn't that was not even any type fun at all. I can't even say that was fun now. But this one, it was my second 14er. 
And I remember climbing, I was climbing, 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 and I got to the top. And I took a photo, there was a rock that said uh, Grace Peak, and it said 14,000 whatever number um, feet of elevation. And I look behind me, and there, you got to check my Instagram, because it's in my Instagram, like yesterday's post, there's a big cloud just getting closer and closer. My direction, not just going to the side, not to the side, but right behind me, like, so it could follow me as I go down. I see that cloud and I, I book it, dude. When I say I book it, I ended up getting the beginnings of shin splints and I'm just flying through, I'm jumping like, and it was rocky, these big rocks and I'm running down and I, I, barely made it i barely made it got to camp my feet's throbbing like it if it was just like i don't know how the flintstones did it but man i felt like i was running barefoot dude it was hurting and i remember thinking how like scared i was and the next few days i couldn't stop sharing that story and i was like that was actually kind of like it it i, I can't I, it was like kind of a high literally and like mentally it was like i it was a high, you know, and it was like, that was kind of dynamite, man. For me to run from like the storm and make it, it was like, yes, that, that, that's my type too, where, you know, it wasn't fun when I was doing it. But then when I, I, I think back about it, I was like, yo, yeah, yeah, man, not many people can do that. And I did it. In fact, someone that was hiking that was maybe a few miles behind me, I heard that he started going up and turned back around because he wasn't going to make it. And I was so like, I timed it well where I was like, all right, I'm booking up there. And I just made it down. And I just love how the timing was perfect. Racing the storm, that adrenaline going. I mean, that uh, ah. that uh, pumps you up. Yeah, man. All I needed was like some music playing in my ear, man. I would have just been like <laughs> some rock music. <laughs> So I know that it had been 10 years since your previous uh, long trail hike of the, of the, of the AT and you had some self doubt going into this and people saying, Oh, you got this. I mean, that's not very helpful because mm -hmm. that, that puts extra pressure on you because you, people are thinking, Oh, this, there's no reason that you shouldn't be able to do this, but you, you know how difficult this is going to be. Uh, at what point in the CDT did you think, you know what? I think I've got this. Ooh, good. <clears throat> uh, I will say this when I first started I wasn't sure because my first day I got I got heat sickness and I didn't I, I, I was drinking enough water but I guess I wasn't replacing like my electrolytes and all that I didn't eat that's another thing when you're in the desert you got to eat you have to replace those electrolytes I didn't do all those things and I got really sick I was thinking, man, this is going to be hard. But I never thought that I wasn't going to finish it. I always thought, like, no matter what happens, I'm going to finish it. But I wasn't sure how I was going to do it. I would say, man, it, it took a while. I would say even Colorado was rough. I would say when I finished Colorado was when I was like, okay, I, I got this. And I definitely knew I had it when... I would say after Yellowstone, which is like right before you hit Idaho, you have Idaho and you have Montana, the whole state of Montana. I knew once I hit Yellowstone, I was like, I got this. Because I had a date set 
and I was behind on it. I was like, barely going to make it. And I said, after Yellowstone, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do some miles. And I started doing 20, 25, 30 a day, miles a day. And I was just doing it. I was doing day, I was doing 30 when I, I thought I couldn't even do 20 that day. And I was like, you know what? I got my hiking legs. This is my last month. If I'm not in shape to do this, I'm never going to be in shape. I've been out here for four months. I got this. So I would say when I hit Yellowstone, that was when it was like, it's on. I got this. And not that, not just that I got this, but I knew exactly when I was going to finish, which I did. I ended up finishing earlier. I got to uh, East Glacier and I spent two zeros at the hostel because of weather, it started snowing, which was fine. And I was still ahead of schedule, but I finished on the day I said I was going to finish. Fantastic. Did, did the CDT live up to the hype? Um, that and more, dude, that, that and more, it was the most challenging thing I've ever done in my entire life. And I, I got a question from one of my, my uh, followers. They asked me, which one, and I'm, I'm going to get this forever. Which one, which one had the best view, the AT or the CDT? And I was like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to piss off my AT peeps because they've been with me for 10 years, but I'm going to have to say the CDT because of Colorado, because of the Gila section in, in, in New Mexico and Montana, dude, I was seeing mountains. I didn't know belonged on this planet. It was the most incredible thing I've ever seen because you're on top of mountains. You're on top of a mountain. You can see many mountains ahead of you for miles. On the AT, you could be on a summit, but you might be surrounded by trees. You know, there might be something blocking your view. There were a lot of beautiful views on the AT. Don't get me wrong. Vermont is one of my favorite states. Uh, the, uh, the whites I loved. But I would say the CDT has something special and there's a combination of things. It has the best of so many different trails. Um, it's not easy, which I, I really adore that because if it was easy, then everyone can do it. Finishing the CDT, I think, for me, I don't need to be a triple crowner. I don't. Uh, but telling people I did the AT and the CDT, I'm proud of that more so than you know possibly being a, uh, a triple crowner. That's a hard trail. And if you finish that trail, then you did something special. All right. Now, I know uh, you kind of mentioned it earlier. How did you feel towards the end of the trail? This being your second long trail, you've done the AT, now you're finishing up the, the CDT. What were the emotions running through you as you approached the finish? <sighs> it was different this time around uh, on the AT. I was, I was a hot mess. I was crying. It was just a hot buttery mess, man. I said, I went ugly cry. I was like, man, I was ugly crying. And someone was doing a documentary and they were like, they were recording. And I was like, oh man, it's gonna, everyone's going to see this. On the CDT, I really was, it, it's hard to explain. I didn't want it to to end because I wasn't sure how, how I felt about the CDT. I didn't cry. Um, I didn't feel like all everything happened to me and it's changed my life. I didn't feel that. I just knew that I did something special 
And I didn't want it to, not that I didn't want it to end, but I, w I wasn't ready for it to end during that time. So it didn't feel like I finished it. I was still in my head when I got picked up and then I, I got a ride to Bozeman, Montana and I hung out there for a week. And people were coming up to me that saw me, that been following me or saw me. I had stopped at Bozeman um, before that to do a talk. And they were like, yeah, you seem a little different. Because I was still in my head. I couldn't figure out what was happening. I didn't, I would get up in, at night and I would look over and I thought I was still in my tent. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't put my body outside of the trail. I was still on a trail mentally. So um, this time around, there was a lot, the, the emotions were different and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I can put it in better words when I'm writing about it. Um, and I still have to sit down and think about it. But yeah, it was, I didn't, I didn't want to be done, you know? And when I say that, I don't mean like I wanted to continue hiking. I just didn't want the Mr. Fabulous that was out there through hiking to end, if that makes any sense. I wanted to continue being a through hiker, you know, not necessarily do 20, 30 miles every day, but just wanted to still be a through hiker. That makes complete sense, Fab, complete sense. And, um, the good news, I guess, is that uh, if if the AT was any indicator and in your book, The Unlikely Thru-Hiker, you get to spend the next year and a half still on the trail. Yes, that's exactly what's going to happen. That's exactly what's going to happen. It's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Nice. Now, I know you mentioned that you know you don't feel like you need to do the PCT, but do you need to do the PCT? Mm. Uh, I think for my audience, I do. I remember towards the end of my through hike, I was like, I'm done. I'm not through hiking anymore. This is, you know, this is a special trail. I don't need to do the PCT. And then when I finished it and, and people were asking me, you know, when you're doing a PCT and then having uh, this relationship with certain uh, outdoor organizations and all that knowing that they trust in what I do they trust in my words they trust my writing words my speaking words they know I have something to share or at least um, they hope that I can share my experience I would say if the opportunity is right if uh there's a story there um, and I feel like I'm not doing it just for me, then I'm doing it for others and others would, could benefit from it. I would say, yeah, um, it could. I, and, and I remember saying this when I started my through hike, I said, if I'm going to do the PCT, it needs to happen in the next, you know, I'm not waiting 10 years. It needs to happen <laughs> in the next two years. Now I'm like, it doesn't need to happen that soon. I think if I can finish doing, I have a lot of projects I'm working on a lot. If I can finish those and the opportunity shows itself again, like if I find myself in the same situation I was in last year where I wrote a book, you know, I, I, all these other projects of working, I was just done and I have this window then I'll do it without a doubt. I would do it. Hey Fab, I'm going to tell you there's two reasons, two reasons 
mm-hmm. why you need to do the PCT. Reason number one, most important reason, is I I live near the PCT. This will give me a chance to trail Angel for you and, and meet you meet you in person. So that, that's reason number one. That's the most important. The second reason is the word trilogy. You're an author, right? <laughs> trilogy, trilogy. And again, I'm going to humbly suggest I, I, I've been working on titles as, as we've been going on here. I think book number two should be unlikely and unfiltered. Right. The unlikely through hiker. That's number one. Unlikely and unfiltered book number two. And then book number three would be the unlikely triple crowner. Boom. Look, man. Done. Mic drop. Uh, I'm, you know what? I didn't think about it that way. When you said when you com- when you put unlikely and unfiltered next to each other, I was like, wait a minute. There's there's a there's a ring to that. There's something I like about that. So we <laughs> Hey, you never know if it's unfiltered, the unfiltered through hiker. <laughs> oh, hey, there you go. Nice. I like All right. it, man. So you've got the long trail coming up next. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, either the end of August, beginning of September. 2023. Uh, 23. Yeah, I'm teaming up with the Green Mountain Club. And um, yeah, I'm going to show people educate people about, you know, that great state, Vermont, and uh, that, that trail that just uh, goes through the entire length of uh, Vermont. So it's a beautiful state. All right. Hey, Fab, you know where we are? Uh, planet Earth. We're on planet Earth. <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. You're not wrong. But <laughs> in the episode... The Pro Tip Insight of the Week. That's mm. right, Half Calf. We are at the Pro Tip Insight of the Week, that time of the episode where Fab gets to offer his uh, a bit of trail wisdom to our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. So what do you have for us? I, mean, it's, I, I, I always say this, and I want to change it up. I'm going to give you maybe two of them. So one is if you hear my story, you hear anyone's story, and you're like, hey, I want to through hike or, Hey, I want to do, you know, a long trail, whatever. Um, first find out if you like to, to hike, you know, like first find out what it's about. So start doing small. And I may have given this answer to you, uh, last time. So, I mean, that's why I'm going to give you another one, but this is one I always like to drill. Um, and, and constantly tell people is that take, take baby steps. Don't jump in and think you can just do it through hike. Um, I saw many through hikers uh, or or hikers attempt to do the CDT uh, this year, and uh, it was their first trail. And many of them either really struggled or get, didn't finish. Um, I would say baby steps, do a weekend hike, do a day hike, find out if it's something you really want to want to do. Um, let's see. Another one is that's kind of a, that's out- kind of a that's kind of a, a do as I say, not as I do kind of kind of trail trail advice right that's true that's true but <laughs> i i will say that if i attempted to do what i did on the at where uh on the cdt where i had no experience and jumped in and see if i liked it i probably wouldn't have finished it so there you have it okay. um also go out there and enjoy yourself i've saw so many hikers that on the cdt more than any trail were just storming through and Maybe that was their way of enjoying the trail, 
But I would say if you're going to go out there, it's not about the miles. It's not about like just saying, hey, I did this. I'm out there. I'm out here doing it. It's not about bragging rights. Um, just go out there and experience it. Take it all in. Um, there was times where I went weeks without hiking. And I remember I was like, oh, I know what's missing. I need to go for a hike. And I would go for a hike and I would feel like all the stress and whatever was going on during that time of my life just melt away at least for the time being, go out there, um, take it in, experience it. Don't think that you're going to, every moment that you're out there, it doesn't need to be a grand hike. Um, it doesn't need to be a grand trail. Just go out there and just take in the little things. And I promise you it would be a great experience. Okay. Fantastic advice. So there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with one of the best humans on the planet. I want to thank him for joining us this week. Fab, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? Yes. So Instagram is the place to find me. Um, I'm constantly posting, doing reels, updates with my stories about, and I go through my writing process this time around. So you'll see every step uh, with my posts. Uh, you'll see what may be in the book. So I would say uh, follow me there at Derek Lugo. That's D-E-R-I-C-K-L-U-G-O. And um, I also have a page called The Unlikely Thru-Hiker um, on Facebook. Um, if you want to get, get a signed copy of The Unlikely Thru-Hiker, you can go to my website at DerekLugo.com or you can get it at any bookstore or Amazon or whatever, but you wouldn't get a signed copy. So it's my website. <laughs> All right. Remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Mr. Fabulous, you have a TikTok account yet? Um, I do. I'm, I'm, I'm not on it as much because I don't, you know, I'm not here to perform for people. I'm here to like, you know, just share stories. Uh, but I may start um, some of the st reels that I do on uh, Instagram. I may transfer it to, cause it's easy to do that. So it's Derek Lugo at Derek Lugo. So. Okay. TikTok. It's a hot thing these days. I don't know. <laughs> the youngins be doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The youngins. And also if you have comments or clip you want to share, you can send it to me at John at gmail.com. The adventure media recommendation. All right, Fab. I'm also looking to you to share a recommendation for a book, movie, documentary, some kind of adventure media to keep our listeners connected to the trail, calling this our adventure media recommendation. What do you have for us? And, and it, we're already going to stipulate that the first thing they should be reading is uh, The Unlikely Thru-Hiker. But what else do we have? Um, I One of my closest friends is J.R. Harris. He is, uh, he's about I don't know, he's got to be like close to 80 now, but he is one of the only black members of the Explorers Club. And he wrote a book called um, Way Out There. His name is J.R. Harris. Um, and it's a great, great adventure. He talks about how like when he, I think he graduated from college, he decided he wanted to drive his car from New York City to Alaska because he wanted his car to be like furthest north uh, in North America. And then he talks about all these other um, adventures that he's done. The guy is an explorer. He goes to, you know, villages and learn languages. And like, he doesn't, you know, he's not just, you know, a hiker, not that I'm just a hiker, but he does so many different things. I, when I grew up, I want to be like him. And we had a plan to do, um, an expedition, uh, together last month, but, um, that fell through. So hopefully we can do one soon, but yeah, he's, he's my hero. 
All right, J.R. Harris, way out there. I'm ordering a copy as soon as we get done here. Awesome. Tell them yeah. I sent you. <laughs> okay, will do. What have we not asked you? All right, and before you wrap things up, I've just got one more segment for you called What Have I Not Asked You That You're Dying to Tell Us About? You already, you already kind of jumped that segment earlier, but is there anything we left out, Derek? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, we, we, we hit a lot of stuff, man. And, uh, that means you're, you're doing your job. Um, I can't think of anything that pops up. Um, yeah. Okay. I, 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 I think we're good, man. <laughs> All right. Well, that is a wrap from the John Freaky Mirror studio. Any shout outs to friends and family, Derek? Uh, shout out to all all the unlikely through hikers, man. I'm, you know, listen to this podcast, you know, listen, listen to read about the outdoors. Um, yeah, man. Shout out to them and hopefully you can get out there and do your thing too. All right. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you just finished racing the storm down the mountain. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck. <laughs> On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Woo. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.